The episode that you're about to listen to was originally recorded and released in November of 2021 on the Just Another Fanboy podcast feed. Feedback can be sent to justanotherfanboy at gmail.com, despite what I may say when I close out the episode. And with that out of the way, welcome to Just Another Fanboy Reads Madman Comics. Hey, hon. Yeah, sugar baby. Hon, come here. What you want? Well, I'm, I'm hoping you'll help me out with this joke here. I've got oh, 222 God. jokes to choose from. And so could you just pick a number six. between six? Okay. Number. My favorite number has always been six. Number six. Uh-huh. Why didn't the crab donate to charity? He's shellfish. That's Try another one. No. Okay. Give me another number. One. Another number. Uh, um, so plus six is 12. 12. What was the goal of the detective duck? To quack the case, of course. Wah, wah, but I like it. That one's terrible. What would Olivia Benson do? Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And today I want to talk to you about Madman Comics issue number four. This was originally published by Dark Horse Comics back in October of 1994. It was written by Mike Allred, art by Mike Allred, letters by Sean Connaught, and the colorist was Laura Aldred. But hey... Okay, uh... Wow. Sorry about that, folks. Um, Yeah, uh... I got interrupted there for a moment. You know, the the porch caught fire. It was uh, a blazing inferno. I had to go out and fight that for a bit. Uh, I, I used a combination of water balloons and seltzer. You know, the old seltzer bottles that you would see in the old the old black and white movies uh, like Three Stooges. And uh, I got that sucker put out. Um, that's not actually true at all. But hey, we're here to talk about madman comics i got all my announcements out of the way at this point so let's let's talk about this issue of madman comics so this issue is titled waning of the weird and this is a continuation of where we left off with the last issue issue number three frank and joe had uh taken up this offer to go on a cruise line with a a carnival that we met in the original madman trilogy and at some point during this cruise, uh, people started getting murdered and Frank was accused of these murders. He was locked up. But by the end of the previous issue, he was being let out of his cell because somebody else had been murdered while he was locked up. And that's that's where we come into this this issue. So Dr. Flem is there with him. At one point, uh, Frank had tried to uh, escape. And he placed a call to for help to Dr. Flem and, and, and Flem shows up. So we learn right away. So basically this this guy who who was killed, the purser uh, on the ship, he his body was mutilated. He was skinned. Uh, body parts are missing. We learn that what had happened to Frank in the previous issue also happened to Dr. Flem, which is at some point. Somebody in a, a trench coat and a hat, a mysterious dark figure out of the blue shows up and dumps, tried to dump blood on Dr. Flem. 
Same thing happened to Frank in the last issue. This dude in a in a trench coat and a scarf and a hat and goggles so you couldn't make out his face. He dumps blood on Frank, and that's why Frank is accused of the murders, because he, he is caught covered in blood. Well, in this case, the captain was just around the corner. He was he was close enough that he witnessed this happening to Dr. Flem, but far enough away that this dude in the in the freaking trench coat and hat and scarf didn't didn't notice him there. Otherwise, he probably would not have done this. And so they start to think to themselves, well, who who would do this? What would be the reasoning behind these murders? And Joe brings up, why would somebody skin them? And Frank starts to think, and he realizes uh, the muscle man from the circus has no skin. And they all decide, well, of course, he's the one that did it. He's he's either jealous about uh, these, these folks that he murdered because <laughs> the captain says both victims had lovely complexions. And so he's either jealous of them for having beautiful skin or uh, some other motive that that has to do with the fact that these that the muscle man has no skin and that these two victims were skinned. And so they decide to go to the guy's room, room 667, but Dr. Flem talks them into playing it a bit smart. And so what they do is they make an announcement over the ship's PA to tell all the passengers to stay in their cabins until further notice and that anybody who will be out and about at that point, is going to be up to no good. This is, of course, all happening while there's a big storm going on. So they go to room 667, knock on the door. Nobody answers. They they take a peek in. Joe is taking the lead on the investigation, and she opens up the door and goes, hello, and uh, the cabin is empty. Frank, in the meantime, he's there with them, but he's he's standing on the other side of the hall next to cabin six 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 and he know he knew he's like i knew it now there's i knew he wouldn't be there that's you know my my instinct is telling me that but then the cabin door to six 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 opens and out walks the muscle man and he's carrying a trench coat and goggles and frank's like it's you and muscle man says to him who let you out and dr phlegm comes out of the other cabin and he says it's him he's holding the disguise and Muscle Man says, no, you see, I, and that's when the captain shows up and says, grab him, the killer, don't let him get away. And then Muscle Man and Frank each look at each other. They both go, grr, and then they just start fighting. A lot of this issue is their fight, which starts there outside these cabins and ends up in various places on the ship. They just go all over the place. There's actually kind of a weird moment where Muscle Man knocks Frank through a wall made of bricks, which I thought to be kind of odd to be on a on an ocean liner, why they would have walls made of brick. I, I don't know. It just seemed kind of weird, but whatever, you know, fine. I don't, I'm not going to fault Mike Allred for something like that. Of course, I've never been on an ocean liner. I, I don't know. And so they're, they're fighting. And, and while they're fighting, of course, just like, uh, all Madman comics. Frank is. Uh, we're we're getting in, uh, into uh, a look inside of Frank's mind. We're always getting narration from Frank, and usually it's uh, we find out at some point that it's it's stuff that he's jotted down in his journal. But throughout this entire fight, which 
is very. I'm I'm sure it costs the uh, the ocean the the ocean liner company some bucks because they they break a lot of furniture, they break some doors and some windows and and uh, obviously a brick wall at one point. But as it's going on, we have Frank uh, narrating and just talking philosophy. He's he's really deep into what it would be like to live forever and just just existing. And it's 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 a really interesting uh, look into into the kind of things that Frank thinks about. You know, at one point he says because he, he starts out saying that he doesn't like to fight. He's he's not a fighter. Uh, he says the best time. To, or the best way to get into a fight is for it to just happen so that you you don't think about it. It just somebody just comes at you and you just start fighting because if he had to think about it, he would do whatever he could to try to avoid that fight. He says it's not because he's a coward. He just doesn't like the pain. And that's when he starts talking about living is hard. Existing can really hurt. Uh, and he just he just really does hate the pain of, of getting beat up. Well, for both Frank and Muscle Man are really holding their own. And at one point, we learn that Frank is quite the good fighter. Again, we know that he's very agile. Um, we've mentioned before that that Frank, if 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 this is your first episode, you really should go back and listen to all the Madman episodes so you kind of understand what's going on with Frank. But in a nutshell, he's a guy that had at one point he had died, and his friend Doctor Boyford brought him back to life. Gave him the name Frank Einstein for his two uh, big heroes, Frank Sinatra and Albert Einstein. But of course, we know that the two names together make Frankenstein, which is a play on the whole. This is a man who was brought back to life. Um, we learn that after being brought back to life, he suddenly has these uh, uncontrollable, almost psychic abilities. He can read people. Uh, when he touches them, a little antenna thing pops out of his head sometimes. He is also extremely agile, and he is very uncomfortable being out among people because he looks dead. His skin is gray and blue. He's got s- scars and stitching, and he's only found himself uh, to be comfortable around people if he's wearing a full head-to-toe costume uh, featuring an exclamation point, which comes from an old childhood superhero comic that he loved uh, when he was a child called uh, Mr. Excitement. Now, saying that, he doesn't remember anything about his past, but that's a memory that has has come through the fog, uh, a connection with this with uh, uh, this old comic book superhero, Mr. Excitement. So he wears a, a costume all the time. Joe has put together different versions of the costume for him because at one point she said that his costume was getting kind of stinky. And at this point in in the in the book, it's an all white costume with the red exclamation bolt on his chest. Anyway, we learn a little bit more, a little there's a, another small piece of the puzzle that is is put in place in this issue and that's just the fact that he is an amazing fighter. He seems to know some sort of uh martial art Possibly there's a, a lot of leaping and kicking and and very agile dance style fighting. And at one point, Muscle Man actually asks him, where'd you learn to fight like that? And Frank's like, I, I, I don't know. And then they just continue fighting. The fight ends up taking them into the swimming pool on board ship where both of them almost drown. 
They continue fighting until they are uh, up on deck. Matter of fact, they rip through a tennis court net at one point. Frank is on the muscle man's shoulders and he's smacking him in the ears, trying to disorient him. And it's then as his hands, you know, come into contact with muscle man's head that he reads him quickly. The little antenna pops out of Frank's head and he realizes the muscle man is not the killer, but the muscle man thinks that Frank is the killer. So earlier in the issue, when the captain and his little assistant dude, whoever was with him, jumped out and said, it's the killer, get him. Both Frank and muscle man thought that they were being told there's the killer, get him. And so they, they went after each other thinking that each other was the killer. Well, after smacking him in the head these many times, Muscle Man gets really dizzy and he falls off of the deck of the ship into the ocean. Frank grabs a line that just happens to be there with the little hook on it and he wraps it around his his uh, his waist and he dives into the water. He grabs a hold of Muscle Man, but he's not able to to really pull him to the surface, but then eventually somebody starts pulling on the line and bringing him up. And they bring Muscle Man back onto the ship. And it's at that point when Frank tells them, Muscle Man didn't do it. He's innocent. I could feel it. He thinks I am the killer, but I'm not. And Dr. Flem is there to tell Muscle Man it's true. Frank's not the killer. Frank also says, the captain can vouch for me. So let's make a deal and get along. All I ask for is a little warmth for me and Joe. And that's when he realizes Joe's not there. He's like, Joe, where, where's Joe? And that's when he realized Joe has been taken by whomever the real killer is. Frank uh, goes below decks. He finds her sweater on a railing and he ends up in the bowels of the ship. He finds Joe tied up and gagged. And with her are two of the Bellway brothers. So there are these guys, these acrobats in the circus called the Bellway brothers. Technically, there are three of them. But one of them has two heads. Well, we learn that the, the, the two Bellway brothers who were just regular dudes, ha they were the ones that killed these two people on the ship and they harvested their organs. They were, they were making a sacrifice of flesh and organs to a demon by the name of Thad Reno so that the third Bellway brother that has two heads uh, could each have their own body. They, they or him, however you want to refer to this two-headed person, they're really kind of upset about this. They're like, we don't want any part of this. What's happened to you two? If mom were alive, she'd take the belt to you. And uh, that's when we learn that they are actually not the brains behind this operation. They have somebody else that is uh, pushing all the buttons, and he goes by the name of Mr. Monstat. Now, if you don't recall, Mr. Mondstadt is way from the original three-issue black and white Madman trilogy. Three-issue first, first uh, series. And Frank and Mondstadt had fought on a helicopter which crashed into the circus tent, which is where the circus, the circus folk come into this. And, well, actually, um, yeah, he, he, the, the, the helicopter had gone through the tent, crashed into the ocean, and no, they were never able to recover his body. So they just assumed that Mondstadt was dead. But instead, Mondstadt was alive and he had uh, somehow 
discovered or 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 was maybe he was saved by this demon Thad Reno and he summons him there in the bowels of the ship and he uses it by saying three words relte nosnam yakag which are actually the word the names Hitler Manson and Gacy spelled backwards you know Adolf Hitler Charles Manson John Wayne Gacy anyway the demon Thad Reno shows up and it's basically just a big lump with a mouth and like three tongues and, and, and a dozen eyeballs. And Mondstadt wants the demon to take out Frank, but it realizes quickly, it says, I can't. He is one of the four. I am not empowered to deal with him directly. And Mondstadt's like, fine, then empower me, demon. And the demon's like, I, that I can do. And Mondstadt grows like three times his normal size and he picks up Frank. Frank punches him in both nostrils and he asks Joe to distract the demon. Well, Joe has been holding this length of pipe, which she had actually used to knock out the two Bellway brothers. Joe's kicking a lot of butt in this issue. And she throws the pipe at one of the demon's eyes and it bursts the eye open to which the, the demon's not too happy about. And it reaches out with its three tongues and grabs up the two Bellway brothers and Mondstadt and then escapes in a puff of smoke. And as Frank and Joe are sitting there reeling from this adventure that they've just had, they're a little out of breath, a little thrown through, you know, thrown for a loop or however the heck you say it. He says, one of four. She says, what's it mean? He says, I don't know. And again, this whole time, We've been getting these this narration from Frank about living forever, what that would be like to live forever and and really how how long forever is, you know? It's it's like at one point he makes he says something like, you know, 100 million years is a long time, but even that is a short amount of time compared to forever. But as this little this this little part of the of the book ends as the creature pops away, we get this one last text box from him that says, "And then there's Joe Forever with her just wouldn't be long enough because, gosh darn it, these two just love each other so much. It's one of the things I love so much about this book, just the love that these two have for each other. I just, I don't know, I dig it so much. There's just a not, not a couple like these two. And so Frank and Joe, along with the, the last Bellway brothers, you know, the guy with the two heads, they, uh, they come back up to the deck of the ship where they find the captain and Dr. Flem. He explains to Dr. Flem that it was Mondstadt. Dr. Flem explains to them that Muscle Man had found that clothing in his room and was trying to find the owner. And so it looked like somebody was trying to frame him as well. And then Joe looks out over the railing of the ship and sees that they're off the coast of the Wee Isles, is what they call it. The Wee Isles. And Frank says, I've seen this in a dream. And Dr. Flem tells him, you know, I have family here. Would you like to come along for a visit or carry on with the cruise? And then the last panel is them in Dr. Flem's floating car thing. They're flying away from the ship. And Frank says in narration, no worries, living for today and keeping an eye on tomorrow. I bet that's what it's all about. And we're told that next is the blast. So... Four issues in, we've had this, uh, well, four issues into the third series. Again, there were two three-issue series before this, uh, Madman and then Madman Adventures, and then this is Madman Comics. 
And this one was, again, man, they're just a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun, and they also give you a lot to think about. And this particular one gives us a little bit more about who Frank might be, though what they give us is even more confusing. He's one of the four, whatever that is. Uh, So I don't know. And whoever he was in his previous life, maybe they were able to fight really well. And that's why and that's why uh, Frank can fight really well now. Or is it just because he suddenly, you know, when he was brought back to life, he suddenly has this super agility almost. Is it just also transferred into his fighting ability? I don't know. But little more pieces to the puzzle, but they're not really giving us much as far as who Frank might be. Um, I don't remember what happens in the next issue. The the Wee Isles, I, I looked at the cover for the next issue and 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 that cover is very familiar. Uh, it seems that we have Hellboy on the cover. I do remember Hellboy making an appearance in this book at one point because both of these books uh, were being produced at the same time, Hellboy and Madman, and they were both being published at this time through Dark Horse. So they were, I don't know if they were trying to establish a uh, a unified, you know, some type of a comic book universe like we have with Marvel or DC, but uh, at least uh, during this series, Madman and uh, Hellboy existed in the same universe for a bit. But yeah, I, other than that, I don't remember much about this next story. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, I, I need to I need to stop letting so much time lapse between these episodes because again, this is one of my top three books of all time, and I'm just having a ball going back through and reading these. And I, I've, I've probably mentioned this on every episode so far, but I know that there's going to come a point here within this DC or this, I'm sorry, DC here within this Dark Horse series that I, I had stopped reading. I never completed the Madman comics series. And then Madman went away for a bit and it came back uh, being published by Image Comics. And I started reading those books and never finished that series as well. So again, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about continuing forward with this series is because um, I'm looking forward to finally, you know, getting to read some Madman I've never read before. Now, I'm sitting here right now looking at the cover for the next issue, issue number five, and I'm trying to see if it'll strike any memories. The The main thing that we have right down the center of the cover is this dude with a helmet uh, and goggles on that are shooting ray beams out of the goggles, and it's shooting a hole through. Frank, but there seems to be along with, I don't know, it looks like it's it's putty that's coming out of him where the, the eye beams are shooting a hole through him, but there's also like a nut and a bolt. So I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Uh, that robot dude, now I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. In one of the previous issues, uh, Dr. Flem's helping hands, Warren and Marie had created this robot version of Madman of Frank. He didn't look like Frank. Um, Man, I can't remember his name. It's like Atomic Man or something like that. He's on the cover. Joe's on the cover. The demon Thad Reno with the with the many eyes. He's on the cover. Someone who looks like Dr. Flem, but it must be because he mentions at the end of this issue that he has relatives on the island. This must be one of his relatives because it kind of looks like Dr. Flem, but not quite. He's on the cover with two robots. And then there's a question mark that has uh, Hellboy's face in it. So, yeah. Other than the fact that I remember Hellboy being in one of these issues, there's nothing about this cover that's striking any memories with me. So I may have to 
read this issue here pretty quick, but dang it, I'm enjoying these books. These are, they're, they're so much fun. They give you a lot to think about when it comes to philosophy and life and love and relationships. And then it's just beautiful to look at at the same time. These are just such great books. If you haven't read Madman, I, I, I just can't recommend them enough. If you're reading along with me, I would love to know. Send me an email at feedback at justanotherfanboy.com or leave a comment on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that I post about the episodes. Uh, beyond that, folks, that's the episode. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Are you listening to this episode through Apple Podcasts right now? If so, would you please rate the show for me? Apple Podcasts has this thing where you can pick a star, one through five, five being the best, one being the worst, and you can rate the show. You can also leave a review if you want, but you don't have to. You used to have to. I think if you rated it, you had to leave a review, but nowadays you don't have to do that. Just rate it. I'm trying to get more ratings, folks. The more ratings I get on Apple Podcasts, the higher up in the algorithm I get. I've been stuck at six, six ratings for like a year and a half. And I feel like you need at least 25 to start showing up on lists and stuff. So you would be doing me a huge favor if you would just go out there on the Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to this through Apple Podcasts, and just rate the show. You're, you, you got it right there in front of you right now. If you're listening to it on your phone, for example, just just stop what you're doing. Boom. Tap, tap a star. Tippity tap it. One through five. Five being the best. Even if you hate this show, give it a rating. Even if it's one, I prefer no ones, but you know, just give me a rating. But that's it, folks. That's my episode. I will see you soon. Just not over here on Just Another Fanboy. Going on hiatus. Join me in the all these other places. Until then, folks, my name is Steven and I'm Just Another Fanboy. Be nice to each other. Do it. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.